And really, this parak is the summary of what happened until now. We spoke about the battles that Yisrael fought to conquer Yisrael, and which were significant either in what happened or in the miracle, were mentioned by name. We know that in total there were 31 kings of Eretz Canaan. And now the apostle is going to go back and sum up all the various nation-states, all the various kingdoms that Yeshua conquered. And it's going to give us a list twice. First, it's the amount of land, so to, speak, so to speak, that he won in battle, which is basically the whole of Eretz Yisrael. It's going to give us the borders of Eretz Yisrael, which he conquered. And then afterwards, it's going to give the list of the various kings and where they ruled that fell in battle. The Pasuk starts, These are the names of the kings that Bnei Israel defeated. That's coming next. But first it's going to tell us the property they conquered. And that is the Yerusha, it's Artsom. They conquered their lands. And that's very interesting. It starts with the original conquest of Moshe Rabbeinu, which was on the east side of the Jordan River, the land of Sichel and Og. Even though that wasn't originally part of the Eretz Yisrael, so to speak, which Yeshua conquered. But nevertheless, they were kings of the Amori. And if that's the case, they were part of the seven nations which were meant to be destroyed. Well, well, they wouldn't have gotten their land? We're going to ask the question. Had Shevet Reuven and God not wanted, not asked specifically for the land of Eberyad, what would have happened to them? We'll discuss. But in the meantime, since they were also part of the seven nations, that means their land is part of the land which was promised to Abraham Avinu. Not only that, the board of Eretz Yisrael wasn't really meant to be the Yarden River. Right? That was the land, what we call every, this side of the Jordan. But when Hashem originally promised Avram Avinu the lands of ten nations, which he mentions, which Hashem mentions by name, after, after the Brisbane of Sarim, by Yemen, who calls Hashem as Avram, to give him the land of the Knani, the Mori, the Prizi, the Chiti, the Yivusi, the Chivi, and it also mentions the Kaini, the Knizi, and the Kalmani. And those lands, those last three, were not given to Bnei Yisrael at this stage, but they were given to Avram. Which means they weren't given, they were given to, well, the one was Eretzai, who was given to Esau, who was also grandson of Avram. And the other two were given to Ammon and Moab, who were nephews of, or at least Lot was Avram's nephew, they were the descendants of Lot. Of and B'shus Avram, that land went to them. So, originally they were given to Avram, for whatever reason, they weren't given to Bnei Yisrael. But the point is that the lands which was Hashem originally promised were not only on the west side of the Jordan. All three of them, the Sayer, Amon, Moab, were all on the east of the Jordan, as well as the lands of Sichon and Oif, which was the land of the Amori, which is also on the east side of the Jordan, and that was given to Bnei Yisrael. So, we're starting with the east side of the Jordan. This is Nachal Arnon. Nachal Arnon, as you know from the Torah, is the south border of the land of Sichon and Oig, where it touches on Edom, I'm sorry, on Amoin, the whole Arava Mizrach, the whole Arava, which is the plains of the east. Sichon Melech Emoria Yeshu Becheshbon, Moshel Me'aroyer, Ashel Sfas Nachal Arnon, so he gets the land from Nachal Arnon moving north. Sichon Nachal, Mechatsi Agilad, Adyaboyka Nachal, Gvul Bnemon. That's touching the border of Amoin, which was his southern neighbor. And then the Harava, Yama Kineris, the whole plain of the east side of the Jordan until the Kineris, Mizrach on the east. And add Yama Harava, Yama Melech, Mizracha until 
on the yom of the yom melech. Derech by Yishimus mitzayimun tachasdash v'sapisko. That's all the land of Sichon, which means it extends basically the whole length of the Jordan River, but on the east bank. Ugvul og melech abashan. The Bashan of then is we call the Golan of today. So that's the higher up, and that's the mountainous region around the Kinneret, going further north. And therefore that goes the whole way up the Golan, what we call today, which is then called Bashan, the whole way up to the Har Kherman, which is today also the border of Eretz Yisrael. And then it's a Moishel, Bahar Kherman, of Asalko, of Achala Bashan, Ad Gvul HaGeshuri, Vamachosi, these are the nations into which would be in today's Syria, which were beyond the Rosh Hashanah the Jewish people. And it goes down to the area of the Gilad, which was the shared border between him and Sichon. So those lands, Moshe and Bnei Yisrael conquered them already. That was already apportioned to Reuben and God and half the Shevet of Menashe. They asked for it. Moshe agreed to give it to them on condition they would fight for Klai Yisrael. And the reason it doesn't mention that condition again here is because here the war's already finished. They have they've had fulfilled the condition. They did fight for Klai Yisrael. And therefore, they were now entitled to the land of Moshe Gavim. Now we're coming to the west of the Yarden. Now we're going to the west side of the Yarden. Again, starting from the north. The, the valley of, of Lebanon, which is higher than Sidon, which is north of Lebanon. And now this is the south. Seir is in the south of Israel. So the mountains are going up to Seir. And this is the land Yeshua is going to apportion to the rest of the of Israel. Which means when he divides up the land, we're going to see in the coming Prakim how he did that. And now we're talking about the the borders of Israel, Bahar of Ashvela. The higher is the middle part of Israel, the Shvela is the the lower lying areas, Ubay Rava, which is on the side of the Yarden, Uba Shaila, so it's going to the north, Uba Midbar, Uba Negev, that's in the south, Achiti, Haramari, Aknani, Aprizi, Achivi, Vaibusi. These are the lands of these six nations which were given to Bnei Israel. And basically we say that the whole land was taken by Yosha. Okay. Now we're going to read the, the list of the the, the names of the kings and Vezashem will ask one or two questions along the way to make the list of the kings starting from Basak Tess Melech Yericho Yechod Melech Ha'ay Hashem Yitzad Beis El Echod which is interesting what's Ay Hashem Yitzad Beis El? that's Ay right? the Ay was the second city they took at the same time they, as we saw then Beis El which was a neighboring city to Ay came to help Ay in the battle and they were wiped out as well the other point to notice here is it doesn't talk about the king of Basel, it just talks about the place. Melech Yushalayim Echod, Melech Hebron Echod, Melech Yarmus Echod, Melech Lachish Echod, Melech Eglon Echod. Those are the five kings who gathered together to fight against Givon, and Yeshua killed all five in the cave in Makedas, if you remember. Now, then on the return journey from his chasing them to Makeda, so then he takes the next few kings. Melech Gezer Echod, Melech Tvir Echod, Melech Geder Echod, Melech Harma Echod, Melech Harod Echod. Melech Nivna Echod, Melech Adunam Echod, Adunam wasn't mentioned before, Melech Makeda Echod, Melech Basel Echod. And here's the Basel. Is this the same Basel as before? Was this Basel the same as the Basel of before, or was it a different place? If that would be the case, what would be the reason why it would be mentioned separately? 
Right, so we're going to see from another one or two other cases also that what the Nach is doing here is giving us a list of the kings that were killed. It's interesting that in a number of these cases that we will see there were still pockets of resistance even after the king had been killed, which was later on the job of the Yisrael, of the Shaftim, to destroy the pockets of resistance. In other words, it seems that in, let's say in normal or conventional warfare, Yeshua had won, had killed the king and taken over the property. But there were still bands of Knaanim which hadn't been destroyed completely and therefore there were still theirs like guerrillas or whatever they would be which Kleishel had to then later on have secondary military exploits to try and get rid of. Right. In some kingdoms, the Navi tells us clearly that Yeshua left no survivors. But it would seem in some cases we'll find that there were survivors in which case they needed to still kill them right. At any rate, at this stage the king was killed. These are the kings later who came from the north to fight. Melech Ladan Echad, Melech Hatsar Echad. We saw Hatsar, like I said, was the leading kingdom of all these kingdoms, and that's why uh, there was a special, the Navi makes a special mention of the fact that they killed and captured the king of Hatsar. Melech Shimron, Mera'ain Echad. Melech Achshav Echad, these places I mentioned before. Melech Tanach Echad, Melech Megiddo Echad. We know where Tanach and Megiddo are. These are the places by the, basically in the way up to Harakarmel or Haratavar, which is Today we'd say the Galil region of Israel. Melech Kadesh Echad. Now the name of the place is called Kadesh in the Navi, but the Kadesh we're talking here is Kadesh Naftali, which is also it's in the Galil approaching the Kinneret. So we're going along the line, so to speak, in that area of Israel. Melech Yakna Mechad, we know Yakna is today as well. It's in the Carmel. Melech Dar and Nafas Dar Echad. This is the only time this city is mentioned. Dar and Nafas Dar. None of the Mufash can explain exactly where it was. Melech Goyim Legilgal Echad. Melech Tirza Echad. Kol Melachim Shleishim Echad. Right. The, the, this is the list of the kings that Yeshua killed. And these are the cities that, so to speak, um, were the, this, the, the, each one was an independent kingdom. And it's all right. That's why Yeshua to attack each one. And this wasn't all the cities of Eretz Israel. We're going to see when they split up Eretz Israel into the Nachila of the various Shvatim, into the portion of the various Shvatim, so there are a lot more cities which get mentioned which aren't mentioned in this list. Right? This wasn't the sum total of Israel's cities. These were the sum total of the cities which had kings, which means uh, just like uh, in later times in history, there was like a, a central city, let's say, which, which, was, which was the seat of a certain king, and he ruled the cities around him. And therefore, we don't talk about all the cities which are conquered, we were interested in the kings. And the 31 kings... Are the, were, 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 these were the so to speak, capital cities, but each one dominated the area around the city too. And they are mentioned here. They only mentioned when it came to splitting up cities into different inheritance of different uh, shvatim. So then it's mentioned all the smaller cities of the uh, so to speak, the, the areas which Klai Israel inherited and gave out to each other. I mean, just for example, there's some very notable omissions. We know that one of the big cities at the time was Beersheba. Beersheba is not mentioned here at all. Right? Uh, for example, there's a, the, we know that the, sorry, the mission, the Gemara tells us in Megillah, one of the cities which was walled from time of Yeshua was Tveria. Tveria. Tveria was a walled city. Tveria is not mentioned here either. So like I said, there were many other cities in Eretz Yisrael. It didn't have a king there, so it wasn't one of the list of the kings that Yeshua took. The only other Ha'ara I want to make in this. Yeshua is not mentioned here. Yeshua. The one or two points which are interesting for the story later on, and, I can, and that's, uh, that is that two cities which Yeshua killed the king, 
And it's mashma over here that he took the city, but there's a second campaign to take the city again later. And those are Yishalayim and Hebron. Yishalayim was only captain in the time of David Amalek. But as we know, we're going to learn about Hashem the story of David Amalek. One of his first feats as a king was to capture Yishalayim. Until then, the Prophet tells us the city was called Yavus. It belonged to the Yavusi. And the time of David Amalek, captured the city. That was a long time later. Right? David Amalek lived approximately 350 years afterwards. So that's much later than this. So even though they killed the king of Yishalayim, Kinyan didn't take the city of Yishalayim. And uh, therefore, the, the, we hear, and we know that because the king of Yishalayim was one of the five kings that they captured in the cave. So he was killed together with the other kings, but it never says they went back to take Yerushalayim the city. And there was a reason why they couldn't do that, as we know from the story of David, and that is that the grandchildren of Avimelech were living in Yerushalayim, and uh, the, Avimelech had made a pact with Avram Avinu that for four generations, Avram's descendants wouldn't attack his descendants. They're still holding by their first generation. So, Just four generations? Four generations until they came back there to Israel again. How, how are we going to find them? Today, when people get married younger and have children younger, then in a smaller amount of time, you can have more generations. But it could be they got married later, or it could be we're talking about the extent of the life of the fourth generation. For example, like I said, when the Apostle says about Hashem promised of Rome, the fourth generation is going to return here. So how does that work? Yitzchak's the first generation. Yaakov the second generation. The Shvatim was the third generation. So where's the fourth generation? The children of the Shvatim died in Egypt. And what? We found one or two of that first generation came out there to Israel. People like Serach Basasha. So there was a member of that generation who was way older than everybody else, but she was still a surviving, so to speak, person of that generation, and Hashem's promise was kept. The first generation came back, or at least some of them. Right? So we can understand the same thing by Abimelech's descendants, that even if most of them had died out by then, some of you are sure, right, it was... There would have still been survivors, in which case they couldn't kill the city. We'll the the time of David Amalek, they died out. There's nothing to talk about. That's another 300 years. Right? But it, it, what we're going to see is that from the time of Yeshua until the time of David, there wasn't a standardized Jewish army. And therefore, we needed a major military campaign. There wasn't really the possibility of doing that. Shaul established an army when he needed it for a specific point. And even then, it was, a, it was an army which was basically denied of weaponry like we're going to see by the Plishta. Shaul's army, only two people had spears. I don't know what the rest of them were fighting with, but there were no metal workers there to Shaul like the post success. So the, the first time when you find another like a properly organized army after the time of Yeshua was in the time of David and And therefore if if, if Yeshua needed a major campaign to take it, like it seems from the Pasuk, so the next person who was able to do that was David. Right, that was the one city. The other city which you're going to see is very interesting. And this is more of a question mark. Don't really answer the question. They just ask it. And that is, as we said, the main king of the campaign in the north, which the, the, the Navi mentions as him being the central king in the north, was the king of Khatsar. And especially mentioned, therefore, they went to fight and they killed the king of Khatsar. We're going to find later on in Shaftim when the fight of Barak and Devara right, was against Yavin Melech Khatsar was against the king of Khatsa. What happened? The king of Khatsa had been killed. So, so there's two options. The question don't have a proof. They offer two possibilities, which we're full of the same possibilities ourselves. The one is, this was a new king. Uh, no, this is a different Khatsa, this is a different king. Right? And that is that the, the king of Khatsa in the time of Yeshua got killed, but they never took the city. 
and never took the city because Chatzor was, was a fortified city. And if that's the case, Chatzor pointed on himself a new king, and they came back to fight the Israel later. That's one option. The other option we're going to see when you get back to Hashem and show the story of Devarah is it says that the, 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 that the king of Chatzor was a king of Chareshe Sagoyim. Chareshe Sagoyim literally means that he took like stragglers of all the other nations, he regrouped them and became the king. So even if it could be that the original inhabitants of Chatzar were also killed together with their king, but a new king gathered, so to speak, all the, all the various uh, survivors of the different campaigns of Yeshua and regrouped them and made them into a new nation, which he then ruled over and, and, used, and used that as his base to fight against Taish in the time of Devarah. So either way around, Chatzar existed as a city until the time of Devarah, but uh, the king in the time of Yeshua was killed, and it, but nevertheless, we're going to see later on it comes back to being a, quite a pretty powerful force, which had to be de- defeated again. Like the idea of we find in the four kings Sidol Melech Goyim, and that's the same idea as Chareshes Sagoyim. It wasn't a specific nation; it was a collection of stragglers and survivors who you built into a people that you ruled over. Okay, so this is the end of the first part of Yeshua, and this is the first half of Yeshua's career, and that is the conquest of Israel. The next part we're going to talk about in the next few prakim is the division of Eretz Yisrael. How Yeshua got all the Shvatim together and how he made a division and gave out the various uh, parts of Eretz Yisrael as inheritance to the different Shvatim.